Hi, I'm Jacob. And I'm Jessica. Welcome to Clue Done It, the podcast where we make wild guesses about fake TV crimes. Without any clues, context, or apparently accuracy. All right, let's find out. Who was right. Who was wrong. And who is dead. I nearly burned down my church, so maybe maybe I could have used more lessons from the nuns is what I'm saying. Oh my but the gosh. good news is... The good news is, is I get more lessons from a nun this week. You do. You do. We are doing Sister Boniface Mysteries. So, yes, and you were watching this and you were like, do they have Anglican nuns? And I still don't know the answer I to still that don't, question. Yes, like, if you're a nun, like, could do, are you a member of the Church of England or are you a member of just some, like, Catholic order? Yeah, I don't know. She is a Catholic nun. Okay. And as is Father Brown is a Catholic priest. Oh, and okay. That's the that is the origin story of this character, Sister Boniface. She's not from any book. Mm-hmm. Um, she was written by the creator of this show for an episode, a single episode of Father Brown in 2013. Wow. Okay. Wow. I had I had no idea. So yes. So so she was an extra. And how did she get upgraded? She wasn't from an extra. An extra. To... She was a. She was like a guest star. Okay. Yeah. She was just a character for this episode, and they yeah. just liked the character. Yeah. Just this one she's, episode. Yeah. She's a zingy little character. She's a zing, oh. like she's she's got pep. Yeah. She, for sure. She is a, a the official like her official title is like scientific advisor to the police in this town that they live in. What town do they live in? We just looked this up. It's called Great Slaughter. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's set in rural little Warwick. on the nose, little yeah. on the nose. <laughs> yeah, it's set in rural Warwickshire, which is in the Cotswolds. The Cotswolds is a region in central southwest England along a range of rolling hills that rise from the meadows of the Upper Thames to an escarpment. Is that how you say that word? As far as I'm aware. Above the Severn Valley and Evesham Vale. The area is defined by the bedrock of Jurassic limestone that creates a type of grassland habitat. The Jurassic music. <laughs> Jurassic Limestone. Jurassic Limestone. Yes. And their first, what was their first hit single? Jurassic Limestone. What was their first hit single? Severn Valley. There I, we go. Sure. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> it creates a type of grassland habitat that's rare in the UK and that is quarried for the golden colored Cotswold stone, which is what the many of the villages in oh. these counties and stately homes and gardens feature this local stone. That's what they're made of. And so when you go take a tour of the Cotswolds, you're driving through lots of different counties, mainly Gloucestershire, Oxfordshire, and parts of Wiltshire, Somerset, Worcestershire, and Warwickshire area. Wait a minute. Well. I have a wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We yeah. need to, let's 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 bring this back to fantasy for a second, which is where I'm much oh. more comfortable on this. Okay. All of these shures. <laughs> Where do the hobbits live? They live They live in the Shire, right? Have yes. we been pronouncing this wrong the whole time? Do the hobbits actually live in the Shire? I'm American. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm confused now. I'm really like we, Oxfordshire, Warwickshire. All of these are S-H-I-R-E's. Like, and everybody says the Shire. But should we really be pronouncing this the Shire? The hobbits really live in the Shire? Well, it's very confusing, right? Like, I was taught to say, you know, Warwickshire and right. Warwickshire. We're not going to go look this up right now. But we, if someone knows, let us know. Tweet at us. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. 
but I we mean, don't care where it is. This the, the, yeah, the country is nice. Who she is I is more was, important. I was happy to figure this out because I was like, how could this be in the same place where you know Oxford is and mm-hmm. where all these other murder shows, Midsummer, Somerset, which is There's, apparently is where Midsummer murders something is. in the water is what we're hearing right now <laughs> in the country. Yes, it's just it's just far enough away from ev- all of like the main city centers, and it's just weird and cloistered enough that everybody in England's like, mm, mm, I don't trust it. Can't trust it there. I just don't trust it right there. Something you know happens I mean? there. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's like, well, I'm trying to think of like what, it's like the swamp. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like the oh. bayou or something down in like Louisiana. Oh. So like, oh, no, it was like, no, I don't trust it. It's That's a little hooky spooky out there. Some, something's going on down there. We don't know well, what it is, but something's yeah, going on. Yeah. I mean, they do have those weird dances where they you know those they have those fe- that's fets, tiktok dear that's festival. just tiktok now well no they've taken well yeah you're right now it's tiktok <laughs> but then it was just people covering themselves up in weird you hay know, bales and hay bales dancing around like mummers <laughs> yes i mean it's not weird it was it's cultural i guess but as but long it's, as it's it's a little it's a little freaky it's a little like huh, yeah huh a little unsettling yeah. not sure yeah, I pre- yeah. So the show follows the sister Bo- sister Boniface, mm-hmm. a bride of Christ, a vintner, and a crime yes. scene investigator. So here is, she has an IQ. It's stated somewhere, okay, because this was quoted somewhere that she has an IQ of 156. She gained a PhD in either forensic science or biochemistry from Cambridge, mm-hmm. and she worked at Bletchley Park during yep. the war. And yes. after the war, she rejected a job at MI5 to become a nun. It's that, and they like cover that in like the was it? It's it's got to be either the pilot or the second episode or something like yeah. right away. Like no, this woman is very smart, and she could have had a career. What? I think it was a pilot because you watch who is her who is the like the detective that she works for the DS she works for Dr or sorry DI Sam Gillespie DI Sam Gillespie he is the most laid back detective I think I have ever seen in a British crime show he is just he's like yeah whatever it's like, it's like he knows he knows he has pocket aces with sister Boniface and he's just like I'm just going to follow I'm going to follow this nun around and wait for the wisdom that she drops and I'm going to like close all these cases. He is so supremely unperturbed by everything that's happening. It's like, dude, really? She shows up in the last episode that we watched. Mm-hmm. She shows up with DS Felix Livingston, who we haven't talked about, but he's right. sort of the third of the trio of, the, of the team, characters yeah. of the team. And he is. And, I don't want to get this wrong because he says this all the time to correct another horrible police officer in there. He is from the Caribbean. What island is he from? Because I get this wrong. People around him get this wrong all the time. He is from Bermuda. He's played by near Nigerian Irish actor Jerry Iwu and the Bermudian character in the TV series speaks with a somewhat indefinable accent. He was supposed to be going to London to Scotland Yard mm-hmm. to be learning modern modern techniques. policing techniques. Yes, and this is, by the way, this takes place in the 1960s. Yes, and he he decides. Well, there's a mix-up, and so he gets assigned there, and he's kind he of he gets upset assigned about to it. Great Slaughter. I'm going to yeah. say Great Slaughter as much as I possibly can. It's a Great Slaughter. <laughs> Great city. It also begs the question, like, there's a great slaughter. Is there a greater slaughter or is there a lesser slaughter? Lesser slaughter. How do do the people feel about being in, like, medium slaughter? 
<laughs> We're just in medium slaughter. We're in smaller slaughter. Yeah. Anyways, There's he's gone. Yeah. There's probably a cheesemaker in lesser slaughter. Oh my God, lesser the cheese from lesser the the cheddar from lesser slaughter mm. is just mm. actually what. See, this is the problem. The people, the cheesemakers from lesser slaughter actually have a beef with the people from cheddar because they actually invented the cheddaring process in lesser slaughter but no one wanted to buy lesser slaughter cheese so Mm -hmm. when the people from cheddar made that technique then they were like okay we're gonna call it cheddar cheese but people in lesser slaughter like we came up with that that was us but no nobody wants lesser slaughter style cheese but cheddar cheese that has legs that can sell (laughs) (laughs) that's going places that's going places this cheddar cheese it's got a future ahead of it yeah 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 so ds felix livingston what's the deal does he decide to stay or he does decide to stay he does decide to stay when he gets he gets a collar i think at the end of the pilot like he's the one who ends up catching oh he does he gets the collar he actually catches the person at the end of it and the other great thing about this is that he i think he's also smart enough to realize that like again he wants to study the most up-to-date police techniques and again sister boniface PhD, amazingly smart. It's not like Murdoch who invents everything and anything, but she is really like she is like CSIing it yeah. in a really great way. Like all like what what they can do in the 60s for CSI, she is on top of and she's doing a great job of it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. We can say a couple of other things about her. She, she rides a moped. Yeah. Or a she, scooter, not a moped, a, a Vespa. scooter. Yeah. In addition, there are two None advisors. Oh, very important. Yes. Sister Margaret McConville and Sister Pat Story. I I thought one of them, at least, or if not both of them, are actually related to the creator of the show, Jude Tyndall, who obviously wrote on Father Brown and she wrote the episode with. And side note, Jude Tyndall is also one of the co-creators of Shakespeare and Hathaway. Oh, wow. Okay. Good job, Jude. Yeah. So we're very excited. And she had some fun things to say about Sister Boniface. Sister Mm -hmm. Boniface is inspired by an old teacher uh, that she knew. She was a naval surgeon, the first female wing commander in the RAF, and a Protestant. And then she became a Catholic nun, and she was called Sister Agnes Bartell. And she ended up running a whole department in the University College London. That is amazing. That is legit impressive. Yeah. That, that is one of the more other characters we need to talk about. What is the name of the newspaper editor? Oh, the name of the newspaper editor is Ruth Penny. It's played by Miranda Raison. And mm-hmm. she was in Murder on the Orient Express. Oh. She does a voice on Thomas and Friends. She was on 24, the Live Another Day season. Um, She was in Inspector Lewis. She did Shakespeare's Globe, Henry VIII, Vexed, Merlin. She did Doctor Who. Most recently, she was in Artemis Fowl. She looks way more familiar to me than I, like, I kept going back and forth over her IMDb to be like, I know I've seen you in something and I don't recognize you from any of this. Yeah, she's a very familiar face, but she also, she also kind of reminds me of, she has a lot of the look of the journalist in Endeavor. 
Mm. And mm-hmm. she also has a lot of the look, actually, of Betty Gilpin <laughs> yes. from Mrs. Davis, which we were also kind of watching as I was doing this research. So anyway, yeah, she's great. And yeah, I've, I'm pretty sure she's going to show up in this episode as well. Yeah, that makes sense. So, all right. Well, we should show up in this episode. Tell us what, you know what? Tell us what episode we're doing. Yeah. Well, okay. First of all, I want to say this show, if you take out your bingo card, Mm -hmm. is called a comedy crime drama. It's not called a mystery, but that's probably because it's just in the title. Sure. Yeah. Right? (laughs) I guess. Comedy crime, though. This is, I don't know. The the difference between like a mystery and crime has become a little different lately. Like crime anymore, like broad, not broad shirts, like Luther feels like crime where it's just like it's hard edge. It's hard bitten. It's we're just going to talk about how seedy life is versus like mystery or like light procedural, which is we're just going to close up a case every week. So yeah. All right. I, I guess my point is I would call this mystery, not crime. But what do I, I know? know? Yeah, me too. So this is on BritBox. It was actually commissioned by BritBox. Mm-hmm. And we are watching season one, episode 10 called Crimes and Misdemeanors. Huh. That's with a U because it's the UK. Because, because, um, <laughs> yeah. It's the UK. So we put that U wherever we can. Yeah. So the logline is the Miss United Britain contest takes a dive. Oh, yes. When one of the beauty queens is discovered dead in the pool. (gasps) Oh, that poor girl. Oh, no. Yeah. And this aired March 8th, 2022. And this whole series premiered in 2022. They announced it in 2020, but came out with it in, yeah, COVID 2022. So this was uh, a nice thing to watch that year that we were all sort of coming out of all that crazy. All the craziness. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to watch that right now and uh, we'll come back with some guessing. Woohoo. See you soon. This is a procedural we have the death before the title sequence. Yep. We don't have to wait 15 minutes nope. for this. Four minutes in. We're, we got it. We're good to go. Zip, so, same, zoom. Real, real quick writing. The exposition in this hit you like a brick. The conceit is that there is a murder at a beauty pageant. So they handle the beauty pageant exposition as if they're giving you a newsreel. Like, were they even doing newsreels in the 60s? So the contestants, which I love are all being shipped by bus to the Slaughter, Slaughter Abbey. Abbey. The <laughs> Abbey is hosting the beauty pageant? And it's Slaughter Abbey. This is two degrees away from a horror movie. A bunch of beauty <laughs> contestants going to Slaughter Abbey. Like, <laughs> I and love it. Slaughter Abbey has a pool. Oh, you're right. A very nice in-ground pool at Slaughter Abbey. Yeah. We'll get to that. We're still in the thing where, where they're introducing everybody. Uh, the four front runners are coming off the bus in black and white footage, and they introduce us all to them. Diane from Walton on Thames, brunette and a bit of a racist. Ms. Clada, I forget her last name, from Belfast, Irish and very proud of her bosoms. Yes. Sally from Cardiff, a blonde. And then Moira from Glasgow, who's kind of glum and doesn't really even want to kind of seem to be there. But there you go. And oh, they also introduced at that point Leslie Cannon, the man who is in charge of the pageant and will be running it all. The, the beauty king, as he puts it, or oh. as, the, as the news announcer puts it. <laughs> Lots of like casual sexism. Yeah. 
And then and then they go to present day or not present day, but they go to like reality as opposed to the as opposed to the news footage that they're running. The ladies are walking around set and everyone is giving sass to Myra for her costume. Like individually everyone does it. And then the reporter, Which is ridiculous because everybody every, else's outfits oh my God. are <laughs> so many amazing outfits in this. What was there was one who was dressed like the set for the Little Mermaid. Like she had kelp this and set. shells. Yeah. yeah the <laughs> she set. was not the Little Mermaid. She, she was, was the she set was, yes. for the Little Mermaid. <laughs> kelp coming out of a very in, uh, inappropriate location. Blue kelp just right there at the crotch. Crab, a crab <laughs> over what anyways. Hilarious. So the fact that they're giving her sass for wearing a stereotypical Scottish outfit, inappropriate. But then they go to Abby. Abby is the reporter, and she is the local reporter, and she is Ruth, interviewing Ruth Penny. Ruth Penny. At oh, the I, Abbey. right at the Abbey. Ruth. Thank you. I'm so sorry. So Ruth is interviewing Leslie. He's like, "What are you looking for in a beauty queen winner?" And all he does is rattle off her measurements. Like yes. He said, we need this. We need single, this. Need childless, this. and. 35 by 45, waist, hips, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, all of bust. It. She's just like, uh, fine. Can I interview the the three front runners? So then, yes, Ruth goes and interviews the three front runners, the not Moira, but Diane, Clara, and Sally, and they all give their reasons for doing it. And the it ends, and she's just over it all. She's over it all. She's like, you vapid ladies. She's trying to find why this is like worthwhile as a feminist for her to support this or cover this, or why she should just drip with disdain about it. And finally, at the end of the interview, Sally mentions, you know what? This is 3,000 pounds if you win. You can buy a lot of independence with this because Sally's like, you know, what's really denigrating to women being like slave to the kitchen and like having three or four ankle biters that you have to take care of. Whereas if you win, you get 3000 pounds and a little bit of independence. And she's like, OK, well, you're right. I, I can't argue with that. So then they cut to the swimsuit rehearsal where all the ladies are like getting up to dance in numerical order up to the pool and Leslie's reprimanding them for not moving fast enough and looking like a sack of potatoes instead of a beauty contest. And then I don't know who this is. I hope she has a speaking part because some random extra is the front of the line and she looks down in the pool. Oh, while they're all walking up, they're like, where's Belfast? Has anyone seen Belfast? But as they're standing in line at the head of the pool, a very gorgeous pool on the side of the Slaughter Abbey. It's always going to be funny. <laughs> the extra looks down, sees an arm, and screams, and then everybody screams, cut to title sequence. And I hope that that extra gets a speaking role, because if not, just, I just want to say, nameless extra, well done with the screaming. Yeah. Well done with the, well done with the scream queen on it for that. So, good job. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I I. I liked the fact that all of these fun extras got to wear all these silly costumes and uh, along with the actresses with the, you know, the speaking yes. roles. Yes. So, such so fun. funny. Yeah. <laughs> I will also say that I'm convinced I, I have my guess already. Like as soon as, as soon as that scream happened, I was like, oh, I know my guess. I know what I'm doing here. Oh, really? I do. I'm ready to go. Oh. One of the things you okay. hear is that. As they're like all the all the ladies are walking around and like Moira is getting sass from everybody in the background. One of the things you hear as she's walking out of a tent was this one. You don't really know who says this, but one of the ladies say, well, you can ask me as many times as you want. So 
taking from that phrase and from the casual sexism going around here all the time, what I am going to say is that obviously, obviously, and that's me in putting air quotes around my own thing because I don't know that it's obvious, but I am interpreting that Leslie is a horrible lech and is just trying to like sexually harass all of these ladies, if not like promising them a win if they sleep with him, at least like threatening them in some way to get them to sleep with him. So yeah. he is trying to sleep with people. Someone is going, Moira's not happy, so maybe Moira was going to spill the beans about it or somebody was going to, somebody thought that somebody was going to spill the beans about this and that may have wrecked the contest and therefore they would not have won $3,000 and been able to be independent. So they went and they killed Belfast in order to keep the contest going so that she wouldn't report the sexual harassment or that the sexual harassment would get like shoved under the rug. So I am going with the blonde. I think that's Sally. Is it Sally? Yes, I'm going with Sally from Cardiff of the blonde who wants her 3,000 pounds to win as killing as killing Clada. That's my guess. I'm like right out of the gate. I'm like, oh yeah, oh. this has got to be it. So Oh, okay. I, am... I wondered if Leslie had done it. That was oh be Leslie my himself. Guest. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can't come up with a a reason, but he's definitely done something. I mean, the fact that he included Moira, and then they say on the newsreel mm-hmm. that I mean, they seed that for us that right, nobody yeah, they... knows where she's come from. This I is mean, only obviously, her second she's... contest. Yeah, she's yeah. F- Miss. Miss Glasgow, but nobody knows anything about her mm-hmm. as opposed to the other ladies. I mean, she's tiny. She doesn't look like she's actually tall enough to be like yeah. quote unquote qualified. And she doesn't she doesn't have any of the measurements that Leslie They act as if she does though. Like he's he cat calls out to her at one point where he was just like chest out, like flaunt what Mother Nature gave you. So yeah, I and think then we're everybody think else that she does. I mean, I don't want to be rude, but she does the measurements that he ticks off. Right, does uh, not appear that she fulfills. She does not have them. <laughs> I'm okay, not, I'm not trying to be... right. No, we are we are we are working with the we are working with the specs that they gave us. Yes, yes. So, and she, and he he goes up to her in the in the newsreel and like is like chin up. Like You're yeah, right. He does kind of like, her... lift, like, yeah, he puts his finger underneath her chin and like gets her to like head up, look enthusiastic or something. Yeah. Yeah. And so he doesn't seem lecherous in that moment. It seems, I mean, he's definitely kind of lechy to the girls before that, but mm-hmm. then he comes over to her and is like, chin up, girl. And then, yeah, he says, flaunt what. But again, he doesn't seem super lechy. I just want. <laughs> Maybe the actor didn't want to give like a super read on Lech and like we just needed to I guess I'm just used to murder she wrote where if there's a Lech that that Letcher plays a Lech. <laughs> like the, the actor yeah. is like, I am Lechified. I am Lechified. Somebody give me a a tumbler of whiskey and here we go. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he he seems somehow different with her. And so I wonder if he has some sort of different relationship with her interesting oh yeah like maybe okay maybe he's trying to get her on the circuit to anyway i think he is the killer Mm -hmm. of i mean even though he was the one who was like where's miss belfast 
I think he's done. I'm, my guess is going to be him. And I think that Miss Glasgow is somehow his ward. Of yeah, I would a, go on. Well, I was going to say maybe like a, a a daughter of somebody that he actually did care for that he wasn't like lecherous towards or maybe like his sister's daughter, like a sister who was like very close to him. Mm-hmm. And so he wasn't, you know, in he wasn't thinking so lecherly. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if these are forms of word that are <laughs> actually spoken. And so, yes, yeah, so she so he gets her involved so that he can watch over her so that she can go to college, maybe like earn some money mm-hmm. to go to college because he can't pay for it, maybe. But this is how he's going to set her up so that she can so that he can fulfill his promise to take care of her or maybe because he knows that she's really she he actually knows that she's really smart. And so she should get like hmm. maybe she mm-hmm. should be mm-hmm. an ambassador for the country, and ambassadress, just ambassadress instead of being an actor or model. Mm-hmm. And so maybe he thinks that's a good idea. Maybe she's in the, maybe she's in like MI five, and they Ooh. want her to become an ambassadress. We're going so full miscongeniality. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking, miscongeniality, and they want so they're it's just a big setup. She's going to win, and so just so that she can get this job and they can push her through. She's like incredibly smart, and everybody, yeah. I yeah. love that. I okay. love this idea that Moira is actually a miscongeniality. She's like a WP. She's like a WP who's been forced into this to kind of like either protect the ladies or to like find out what, hor- like, what, like. <laughs> Villainy is the wrong word I'm looking for. Corruption. Like what corruption is happening in all of this. Oh, well, yeah, I guess. Oh, oh, that's interesting that like maybe she's she knows maybe there has been some threat of murder. And and so she's supposed to be investigating it. I mean, I was thinking the long game, like she's supposed to become an ambassadoress. And and so the government is like, we need her to have a legit job. So we have to put her through this system uh, gotcha. of Miss United Britain. So that it's her she cover become... story. It's her cover story so it's that she cover. can go off and become exactly. a spy, essentially. Yes, yes. That is what gotcha. I'm saying. You are really uh, you are really going for the whole 60s spy thing in this one. Yeah. I know. I love it. I love it. <laughs> that, that, that mid-mod spy vibe. Much. I'm sure that's not what's happening in this at all. But, but that I is do... my... Yeah. I had three I... guesses there, actually. <laughs> But you still think it's Leslie. You still think it's Leslie who did it. Well, no, because you're not. Is she a ward? Is it Leslie t- trying to protect her? Do you still think it's Leslie? Mm, well, I, I just want to guess him. Yeah. Even though I don't really know what the motivation would be. I think he is killing her because she... He killed. Oh, oh! You know what? I love in these other episodes that we've watched these other shows where it's a mistaken death, like somebody else Mm -hmm. was supposed to be murdered. Right, somebody else was supposed to be killed. Um, Yeah, yeah. And so, what if it wasn't supposed to be actually Miss Belfast? It was supposed to be Miss Walton on Thames because she is a piece of work. She really is. Um, so maybe she was actually because they both have to care, and it's curly. So maybe she was killed instead, 
of so maybe Miss Belfast was killed instead of Miss Walton on Thames, mm-hmm. and um, it was an accident. And I think it was because she was threatening the financial stability of this contest, and she wasn't going to shut up about it. And actually, maybe even. But I'm I'm still going to hold on to the idea that Moira is supposed to go into Into government service, spy agency, government service, and this is her cover. So she's supposed to win. I think that's fantastic. And somehow Leslie commits the murder because he doesn't want her to reveal all the the stuff. Ooh, like so maybe Leslie is also a spy, and like the the Belfast lady was she was gonna she was gonna reveal the spy network yeah yeah yeah. okay okay yeah i like that i like that mm-hmm. so leslie in the pool to stop clada from revealing that it was a whole all spice up i dig that i i'm also gonna i'm gonna throw out a, just an absurd guess out here just because we have talked yeah. about the costumes i think that it is somebody we haven't met yet a, oh, a, a costumer yeah. One of the costumers from last oh. year who's like work that like Leslie just like hated on. And he is there to get revenge on Leslie and Clada found out. So he had to kill Clada because his costumes aren't getting enough, the proper respect that they deserve for all of the kelp and nationalities that he puts into them. So I have out there a costumer who's actually behind all of this for revenge. So I'm going to put that out there too. So I've got, I'm sorry, I've got oh, two guesses. So you because have two guesses? I can, okay. I can't, I'm sorry, I can't pass up a good costumer murderer. Anybody, anybody who's vindictive enough to put blue kelp coming out of a woman's crotch, I bet is vindictive enough to try and kill people as revenge for not his costumes not being appreciated. That's what I say. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Well, we'll find out what a, what kelp hating maniac is behind all of this. <laughs> and we'll be right back. See you soon. <laughs> what? You won. Uh, is that what that is? <laughs> That's the only bit of Welsh that I know. <laughs> How? Where from do you know that from? Staged. From staged. Oh, with, that's right. Yes, uh, yes, yes, David yes, yes, yes. Tennant. David Tennant. And... Kahi Hook. <laughs> I did Kahi win. Hook. I did win. It was close. We had a we had to call the podcast adjudication board because. What did we have to come for? It was, well, you know, down the line. You got it. Well, I didn't get the motive right. Oh, okay. Okay, I didn't get the motive right. I said it was Little Miss Cardiff, Sally. And I said it was yes. her because she wanted independence because of kids. Yeah, she threw us off the scent with ankle biters. Right. But it turns out she, she had has one. a kid. She had a kid. And Little Miss Irish found out about it. Or Little Miss Ireland, rather. Little Miss Ireland found out about it and was going she to She wasn't a Little root. Miss. She was I a she, mature she was, lady. <laughs> she was a mature hussy. She was oh, just... She was... We oh. don't know that she was a hussy. Okay, fair enough. Maybe I'm using the word hussy wrong, but she was somewhat... She was... She would not cheat, but she was a... She was sweet. out for blood. She was... Yes, that's exactly it. She was out for blood. And In she fact, got she it did, instead. She did nothing... <laughs> yeah, she got killed instead. But yes, I was right. It was Sally. It was the blonde... What, what? There was a lot of confusing things in this episode. I thought that, like, Leslie was going to be so much, like, the, another misogynist, like, all of yeah, them. Yeah. He the, was... The king Les- of the... the... The beauty king. The beauty gentleman king, yeah. who was running it. And he's like, oh, no. 
no, 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 no. I understand absolutely that if there's even one thing out of line with me, I wreck this whole thing and this is my meal ticket. So why would I do that? There was a point where we thought that Moira was getting like some hoity toitiness from him, but it, he was just telling her how to do, literally just telling her how to do her hair. So yeah, hoity-toityness. Let's, <laughs> let's not lose sight of the fact. I don't want to get too far away from the fact that I won. Let's just stick with that. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I mean, it's interesting that you use the term hoity-toity because I think of hoity-toity as like as a classist term, like oh, you're uh-huh. acting above your place. But I think what you meant is hanky-panky. But I don't, uh, bl- probably, yeah. I, I don't blame you for being for confusing your terminology because this episode had so much like jargon or maybe yes. not jargon but like idioms slang idioms slang, idioms, idioms yeah, and absolutely. slang that were so british like so and so oh moira from mm-hmm. miss glasgow got got into the contest because she was second runner up and the first the winner she was got first runner up but Oh, she was first runner. Okay, she was yeah, first runner because sure. the winner. What did the winner do? Got up the duff, and I was like, "What?" Uh, we I still don't know what does up the duff mean. Okay, yeah, I thought it meant maybe pregnant. Like, that's what I thought too. Let's see, a euphemism commonly used to, but not exclusively, to describe unplanned pregnancy. Mm. Oh dear. So, and it says expression is obscure. But maybe related to duff, a flour pudding boiled in. Oh, hold on. This is entomology. We got to. I got to know this. A flour pudding. Okay. A flour pudding boiled or steamed in a cloth bag. So flour meaning F L O U R. Right, right. Like like the baking. All purpose flour. A flour pudding boiled or steamed in a cloth bag. I guess because you're baking something in the. You're steaming it. (laughs) <laughs> steaming and it your 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 uterus is the cloth bag in this yes <laughs> your uterus that's going that's going on that t-shirt your uterus is the cloth bag <laughs> yeah also almost as surprising as me winning was also like this was a really touching episode like yes. th- one of the threads through this episode is that a gentleman by the name of clifford winner a right prat. Um, a Ugh. Clifford winner comes up from yeah. Scotland Yard. And of course, Felix, of course, is in love with Scotland Yard. He, quote unquote, thinks that's where he's supposed to be because his second element is supposed to be there. And then he ended up in greater slaughter. So he's like desperate to get back there, which I thought we had left behind, but I guess not. So as soon as this like sharp dressed, misogynistic bunghole comes up, Felix is ready to throw it all over all of his relationships in this town and give up what he believes just to go to Scotland Yard and learn more. And I'm like, once again, I go back to the idea of like, this whole point of the fact is that this sister, Sister Boniface, Boniface, is at the cutting edge. What is he possibly going to learn in London? Well, if he learns anything from Clifford, it's going to be how to be a jerk-faced McJerkerson. Yeah, I would agree. What a good villain. What a good villain. Like, come. Yeah. Like that, and like, you said Pratt. That's a great word. He is yeah. such a Pratt. I'm leaning into my, I'm leaning into the Britishisms in this to describe him as that. He's a, he's a great villain. Like showing what entitlement looks like, showing what misogyny looks like, showing what classism looks like. Yeah. He hates everybody in that town because they're dumber than him. They're not as. Or he thinks. He that's thinks. what he yes, thinks. Like he thinks. They're like. They're women, so that women shouldn't be police officers. He is horrible to WP buttons. It just like 
That is yeah. like the first thing you realize when you see him like, oh, this man is not nice at all. But Felix is like just Felix nearly goes through with it. He nearly goes down to London with him. And I'm like, are they going to do this at the season end? Are they going to do this? And then he comes back and I'm weeping when he comes back into the pub. I'm like, this is so, he came back. Yeah, yeah. Thank goodness. He was like, I didn't lose my, I I didn't want to lose my integrity. Or integrity or dignity. Or so. I think it was his integrity though. Yes, I think yeah, it was integrity. Yeah. But so great. Such a great thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a great wrap up, and then they introduce you, or all the characters from town yes, show they, up. In the everybody ends to up say watching goodbye the... to him, and then yes. welcome him back because they all had watched the end of the beauty pageant on the telly and in the telly at the pub. At the pub. And... Another great scene in this is that Felix is Clifford is a horrible man, and at the very end, when Sam and Sister Boniface solve the murder, they bring that up to the police chief, local police chief. And at first, Clifford doesn't want to believe it. But then Sam's just like, look, the person confessed. It's dead to rights. And Clifford does an abrupt about face and says, well, of course it was her. But I knew about this all along. All of these, all of your officers had kept me in the loop. And I knew all of this. So I'm still taking credit, basically. And Clifford turns to Felix and is just like, and I'm sure that Felix will back me up on all of this. So he's putting, it's horrible, right? Yeah. But he's, because he's also put Felix on the spot as having to lie. And you're like, oh, Felix, don't do it. Don't do it, Felix. Don't betray yourself. And this is, this is so great. Before he even has a chance to betray himself, Sam steps in and says, yes, you're right. That is 100% correct. So Sam takes the bullet for Felix so that Felix can still get what he wants, but he doesn't have to betray himself. It's just like, yes, friendship, friendship for the win. I love you guys. Yes. Yeah. That was, that was really fantastic. I was literally, I literally paused the scene to write my notes and I had almost written Felix does. And then like we watched the scene and then Sam did it. And I did, I was, I was cheering on the couch for Sam. Good job. Yes. Yeah. And I I did, they, they put a couple moments in here where, you got some, you know, friendship and feelings of collegiality. Feelings, <laughs> yeah, feelings. Because in the one of the first episode or the first scenes, they're in the police, they're in the constabulary, and uh, Sister Boniface walks in and is like, "Oh, Mrs. Clam gave me your lunches," yes. and they're like, "Oh, couldn't you have given it to?" Should you give it to the poor? And she's like, no. And they're like, bleh. And the both no, of them. I didn't want to add to their troubles. Yes, that's right. That's what she says. So they both toss their lunches in the garbage yes. in the bin. Let's talk about the actors at this. We're right there. So who plays Sister Boniface? Yeah, Let's talk yeah. about that. Who's that? Sister Boniface is played by Lorna Watson. And on IMDb, she does not have her picture. Uh, what is but, with these you know, Brits and not putting their pictures we'll put her on IMDb. on IMDb. I know. She is not an unfamous person either. Right? She has a comedy writing partner and they're comedy partner. She has a comedy writing partner. Yes, named Ingrid Oliver. And they have a show. They've done a couple shows together and they have been written up as like the next French and Saunders. Wow. So they are 
not small potatoes. She is known for, she had a role on IT Crowd, which I don't remember, but that doesn't mean anything. This is my uh, shock face. Also, I don't remember her either. Yeah. She was also, she did a special episode of Horrible Histories, which we know about from watching yep, from the ghosts. English Ghosts. She did a special series of The Great British Bake Off. You I got, bet she was good for Great British I Bake Off. I'm sorry, I think I, think I don't she think she was, she was a host, but she would be a good host. She would be <gasps> a, you know what she would be good at. That's what I'm saying. Go say it. On the youth she would yeah, be good young. for Junior Bake Off. I bet she would junior be really good for Junior Bake Off. Yes. Yeah. She was also in Shakespeare and Hathaway, and she was also on the Catherine Tate show. Catherine Tate being one of the doctor's companions and yes. a very hilarious comedian who was on the American office for a heartbeat. So that is Laura Watson. She is fantastic. And oh, my gosh, a lot of people say that sitting next to her on set... Mm -hmm. You know, she's just such a lovely nun. And so when she puts on the habit and then like people end up sitting next to her, they're like, gosh, I feel so peaceful. What is it? <laughs> I have to. I, I feel this sudden urge to confess anything or at least say yeah. a rosary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. To do a little meditation, maybe a prayer. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> and she's like, I, I don't know what it is. and And she also. The Jude Tyndall has said about her that she just rings the con like, the writers write the scripts and they're like not aiming for comedy, but she mm -hmm. just rings it out like whatever's so there, good. she's making it funny. <laughs> yeah, she is really good. So who's next? Okay, so I also wanted we were just talking about D.I. Sam Gillespie, who is played by Max Brown, and he is notably known for Downton known, Abbey. Not just, what, wait, I'm sorry. Okay, I was going to make fun of notably known, but then you threw me with Downton Abbey. Oh, so I'm who, sorry. That's that's quite all right. This is this is why we pay you the big bucks. Who was he on <laughs> Downton Abbey? He was in the movie. He played Richard Ellis. Which I don't actually remember who that is. But he was also in The Tudors. He played Edward Seymour. Uh, he was in a show called Nolly. He was on Foil's War. He was in MI5. He was in The Royals. And now this show. That's fantastic. I yeah. now have to – you have mentioned Foil's War. It's like Beetlejuice. You mentioned Foil's War. I have to mm -hmm. do my – DCI foil impression, which is it, it doesn't work as well on audio because you really like the face. Yeah. It's all about the face, but mm -hmm, it's just the whole, it's mm -hmm. just like him chewing his lip and going, hmm. hmm. Like, that's it. That's, that's all he says. Hmm. <laughs> as he, I'm not even as he sure thinks. he says, hmm. But he, <laughs> he, just, like, but he, he gives he you the energy it. of, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He does. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, who else do we need to know about? D.S. Felix Livingston or Livingstone, mm -hmm. uh, he was in 2017, he was in a movie called Halal Daddy. And then okay. it seems like he went to the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama and graduated in 2020 because then in 2020, he didn't have any credits between 2017 and 2021. I mean, granted, there was a pandemic and all that, too. But he hit the big time. He was in sex education. He did one episode. His character named was named Oba. Huh. He okay. was in a show called Intruder, in another show called Innocent. And now he has a full-on regular character in this. 
He's great. Good He's, on you. Nige- I read in another website the Bermuda movie or D- Bermuda newspaper was covering this show. Yes. And he is Nigerian-born and and British, Nigerian right. and British. And then policewoman Peggy Button. Peggy she Button, who yay. she and Felix have a cute little, like, there's clearly an affection growing between the two of them. Yes, it's adorable. friendly, friendly. No, yeah. no, no. I mean, it's friendly now, but it's clearly, like, they're clearly pining. They're in the pining stage for each you other think? right now. Oh, absolutely. They pine for each other. Okay. I mean, it's not a big pining. It's one of those things where they all... They're kind of like looking at each other like, hmm, I think I like like her, but I don't know if she like likes me. But I would really be sad. Like, if she doesn't visit me and I'm in London, I would make me really sad. Does that mean that I like like her? No, they they are definitely in the like-like phase with each other. 100%. Okay, okay. Because I, I thought in the first episode in the pilot, he had a lady. Like, he had a wife or You're somebody right. that was supposed to... He does uh, have a wife or a lady or something. Him. You're 100% Once correct. he was settled. Felix, what are you doing? Because there's, de- I'm sorry, we missed we I... missed something in there because they're, they're definitely slinging some like-like energy back and forth with each other. Okay, I'm, I wasn't seeing it. I mean, there was definitely friendliness. Okay. She has a incredible, like, I think she's been acting since she was very young. The <laughs> actress's name is Amy Metcalf. And she does not look too old. Like, no. she looks like she is probably in her 20s still. She looks and like she could date Sam Breen from Brokenwood. Yes, yeah. Meaning uh, that she looks young. Yeah. She... Because a, jo- a joke role... is always better when you have to explain it. Right. <laughs> her first role was on an animated family show called The Owl, and that was in 2006, and mm-hmm. then followed by Doctors, which is a soap opera. A lot of people have that credit. They must film it up there. Um, it's no East Enders. In the Cotswolds. Well, maybe not. But <laughs> I'm like, sorry. I'm, be, I'm be giving sass. I'm sure it's a good I feel show. like everybody has yeah. this credit Everyone uh, in the in Cotswolds. Show. <laughs> What's the name of it? Doctors? Doctors. Doctors. Yeah. It's, like, it's like East Enders LA. It's like East Enders Cotswolds. It's Doctors. Right. <laughs> She has 15 episodes on that and even got an award, a British soap opera award for Best Dramatic Performance from a Young Actor or Actress in 2000. And she was also in the 2012 Upstairs, Downstairs, which I'm pretty sure was a revival because the other one was like in the 80s, I think. Mm. She was in Bad Education, and in 2000, which I think was a TV show there before there was a movie named Bad Education out here in the U.S., she was in the 2012 Christmas episode of Call the Midwife, which was between their first and second season, and so Call the Midwife? Yeah. I was going to say, I don't remember anything about that episode other than you just sobbed through it all, I think. Oh, gosh. I don't remember that. But, okay. She was the 10th birth of the show. See? Um, which tenth was in birth. her Think trivia. about that. 10th birth of the show. Like, that. Just, there was just, yes. Yeah, you pretty much cried throughout that whole episode. <laughs> she was also in Father Brown and in Silent Witness. Again, the, you know, staples. Mm-hmm, the staples. Of- the last bunch of years and she starred in a show called walking and talking which i was like is aaron sorkin doing something in the uk <laughs> <laughs> is this a documentary about 
Aaron Sorkin? Was she in West Wing? Wait a minute. Are the Brits so, taking the piss out of Aaron Sorkin? What's happening here? Yeah, so I had to look it up. It's The Inner Thoughts of a Teenage Girl. And I'm oh. sorry, I did not write down the name of the producer, but the producer seems to be pretty famous. Okay. <laughs> and then another character that I wanted to talk about was Mrs. Clam. Mrs. Clam is played by Belinda Long. Mm-hmm. And Belinda Long, or Lang? Lang, sorry, Lang, is a fifth generation actress. Her great-grandmother on her father's side, Mabel Rushton, came from acting parentage. And then also her uh, mother's side are all actors. She went to the French school in London. Mm -hmm. And then she was a voice on The Office, the British one. Mm -hmm, She mm -hmm. was in Midsummer Murders, of course. She played Aunt Eller in Oklahoma in the BBC proms. And she was in a show called Alien, Alien Mysteries, which is, I think that's just somebody's name, Alien. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't, it's A-L-L-E-Y-N instead of alien. And most exciting for us, she was in Rosemary and Time oh, in 1996. Okay. Yay. Yeah. It's hard to believe that show was that old. I know. I know. She was. Uh. Yeah. yeah. And I thought this was funny. I wrote this down. She was also on a show called The Bretts, which is described as a TV show that is a sparkling and witty drama, which I was like, those words, weird, okay, all sure, together. Yeah. It is from 1986 to 1989, and it is about a 1920 family of actors dealing with the day-to-day of the theater business. And so I was like, yeah, that's not drama. That's not that is sparkling and witty. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the whole thing where it's just like, if it's an hour, it must be drama because we can't possibly make people laugh for a whole hour. Right. So it must have been delightful or I don't know. I Sparkling. I think I'd sparkling. watch it if somebody was going to do that again. Speaking of EastEnders, the director of this episode has directed EastEnders, Emmerdale, Coronation Street, Father Brown, 215 episodes of Doctors, Holby City, Holy Oaks, The Royal, like Waterloo Road. I mean, you just name like all the soaps. He's done it. His name is Dominic Creevy or Kivy, Kivy, Key. I'm so terrible with names and words, apparently. Apparently you can't get sacked because I don't want to do it. So it's on you forever now. (laughs) Yeah. And then we just have commented frequently, and it is a delight to watch and listen to the opening credits and the closing credits of this show. I mean, the animated thing they have at the front, it's super cute. It's so much fun. The music is composed by Michael Price. And he has been a music editor, music co-producer, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to jump in with Michael Pricer and talk about the music in this episode. For the oh, yeah. bathing suit scene and the contest at the end of the show, they were like, and just off stage, this big band. So they had like theoretically this big band playing through these last few scenes. And man, they had some swing music going on through all there. I thought that was so if that was also Michael Price, good job. And if it wasn't, also good job to yeah. whoever it was. 
Yeah, that's that's a good point because they were they kept introducing they had our G man from Scotland Yard sitting mm-hmm. next to the head of the constabulary, mm-hmm. sitting next to Felix. Right. And then they introduced I mean, this is the last five minutes of the episode, like right after yeah. the confession, and they introduced three guys as judges. Yes. A plus... race car driver. An author and somebody else, but yes, is yeah. Hilarious. I mean, granted, they don't say anything. No, so, yes, so they're just they, extras, they, but still extras with names. And so, yeah, I was like, "Are you kidding me? They're going to introduce a whole band off stage?" You never well, see no, the band. It was off stage. You never yeah. see the band. It was great. Yeah. So Michael Price again, like I was saying, he has been a music editor. He's been a co-producer. He's been a composer for movies like. The Lord of the Rings, like all of them. Wow. <laughs> Love Actually, Laura wow. Croft, Chronicles of Narnia, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, and a video to accompany a, a series called Unforgotten, which I don't know, but he, he did a bunch of the music for that. And he also, it seems like he was actually the composer for Sherlock for wow. like the uh, Benedict Cumberbatch song, which I thought was crazy. Because that song sounds like almost identical to the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock movie mm-hmm. that came out, but I could not find that in his credits. So they must have just been like, yeah, we like this music in the movie. Can you make us something that sounds like it for the TV show? It has that like jangly piano sound. Yeah. I've kind of vaudeville. Is that what music it is? Ho- it's kind of vaude- yeah. not vaudeville, but like music holly. Because like in the late 1800s, that whole kind of like you had your upright piano, you had your kind of music hall kind of vibe. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would say anyways. This has been Professor Jacob Jackass. I've, it shows up a lot in British shows of that era that are like 2017. Is that mm-hmm. when that was? Like 2016, 2017. It kind of – that sound – is in a lot of different shows. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. We really enjoy your composition, uh, Michael Price. And uh, you have a great picture in IMDb as well. I Again, checking that good out. job. Good job on the Brits. <laughs> Please, as a public service announcement to all the Brits out there, go ahead and put your picture in IMDb. It'll be okay. It'll be yeah. fine. Yeah, you, it'll work you, out. You want publicity, right? You're actually, you need the publicity. Go ahead. Put your picture in there. It'll be okay. We promise you, Jeff Bezos and Amazon already knows everything about you. It's it's just the way it is. So it's, go ahead. Yeah, give it's us, true. Give Chad us a little GPT picture. He knows everything about you. <laughs> <laughs> Ch- Ch- By the way, we should tell, you know what we should do? We should have Chat GPT guests on an episode sometime. Oh we should just goodness. be like, here's the plot of this that? episode. Here's the plot of this episode of the yes. characters. Tell us who did it and why. We should totally do that. Tune in next week when we all get humiliated by chat GPT. <laughs> <laughs> Figuring it out. <laughs> Which one of these people did it? Oh, man. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> well, you will have to wait because we are done with another episode and we will be back in another two weeks with this with some more guessing. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to go have a victory. I don't know. What should I do for my victory for my victory lap? Jessica, what should I have? Should I have some like yeah, cake or something? Yeah, victory lap. Yeah, I think you should. Well, we got some really good donuts 
today. Ooh, so maybe you're a right. donut. All right. Victory donut. Here I come. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Enjoy we'll see you it, next Jacob. Time. Congratulations. Yes. See you next time. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. And now we want to hear from you. Tell us your guesses, your scores, and your suggestions for what shows we should watch next. Go to our website, cluedunitpodcast.com, or email us at cluedunitpodcast at gmail.com. Or find us on Instagram and Facebook at cluedunitpodcast, or on Twitter at cluedunit. And if you like the podcast, please rate us and review us on Spotify or Apple Podcast to help us get the word out. And maybe you'll hear your review read on the show. Want to be a Cluedunit private investigator? Leave us a few bucks at cluedunitpodcast.com and we'll send you a personalized, official Cluedunit private investigator license. Officially approved by the totally fake Podcasting Adjudication Board in their secret headquarters in a mountain outside of Squamish. We hope to hear from you soon. Because watching watching TV TV is always always better better with with friends. The, the most scandalous rumor I know, it's not really scandalous. The most scandalous rumor about nuns that like I have heard is that like, yes, they wear the most scandalous underwear because it's the only place they get to be. It's the only place they get to be like frivolous and choose what they wear because it's not being shown to the world. So they just wear all kinds of just frivolous, fabulous underwear. That's the that's the, oh the rumor that I've heard of. So oh, they wear their underwear for God. <laughs> hey, they're brides of Christ, you know? If if only yes. Christ sees it, hey, good for them. <laughs> <laughs>